In just a minute, they're going to turn me on. And I'm going to talk to you. How are you? I feel bad for everybody who's indoors today. I'm just saying, I don't think we could have uh, got any better weather today. So if you came with a coat, you can take it off. We're pretty casual around here. My name's Jeff, and I'm one of our uh, guys here on staff. And I just want to say, if you're a first-time guest to anything that we've ever done before, I'm glad you're here. I think we're having a lot of fun. I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes. But uh, I just want to say, what a great day. We really could not have asked for better weather. Uh, right now, it feels good where I'm at. If you're in the middle, surrounded uh, by a whole lot of other people, it might be a, a tad bit warmer. But I'm going to walk through some stuff real quick, kind of talk through a couple wrestles I think I have with uh, really the whole idea of this day. But, um, but let me just say, in the course of today, what you're going to find at the end, we've got some brisket, we've got some food, we've got uh, funnel cakes, uh, we've got all kind of fun stuff for the kids. And I'm glad we got brisket because I just surveyed the audience and they're, they're, you know what, there's a lot of men here today. Oh my gosh. I think we have half the male population in Columbus, Georgia here outdoors. Let's hear for the guys. Let's hear, let's hear that we've got brisket for our men. Come on. Hey, and I was also glad I saw our big drummer on the back. He started working up a, spread, a sweat, so I'm glad we've got brisket for him too. So, uh, well, happy Easter. We are going to have a lot of fun. I hope you can stick around for a little while. We're going to have a lot of fun for the kids here in just a little bit. Um, I, I didn't know if you guys noticed, on the way in was a bunch of people wearing red t-shirts that all say, too good to be true. How many of you guys saw some of those t-shirts? I've got one underneath, and I'm not going to go Superman on you, but I've got, a, I've got one of those shirts on also. And we're starting, actually starting today on Easter Sunday morning, we're starting a teaching series that will go on in our church for the next few weeks. But as you walked in, you saw one of these people with these t-shirts that said, too good to be true. And I think that's kind of ironic because where we're, I wanted to just have this conversation today really brings back sort of a wrestle, I think, that most of us probably down deep has, that when you hear something that's too good to be true, generally what? It's what? It's... It's sometimes too good to be true. And what's crazy is you and I both know this. There are a lot of things that you and I have experienced that are too good to be true. In fact, I brought, some, I, this, I brought a box today. It's my, uh, an Amazon box that we had around the house. But my family and I, we have had lots of too good to be true experiences. All right? uh, this is one I brought from home. Diet pills. Yeah? Guys, I know I'm not talking to as many of you as I am talking to the ladies. I'm not saying a whole lot, so please don't accuse me, but I'm just saying. I don't know who buys more diet pills, but my wife bought these. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm confessing. Because Dr. Oz said they would work, right? This bottle is completely full. So obviously, if you don't take them, they don't work. But I don't know if we've taken a few that didn't work. But diet pills, how many of you guys ever taken a diet pill? Didn't work? Anybody, okay, you know, diet pills, that's one of those things that we have in the old uh, repertoire of things that don't work. Uh, in my hands is last year's toy of the year for a 10-year-old boy. This is a remote control car that's supposed to climb the walls. As you shine the little radar gun, it climbs and follows the stop. It's supposed to climb the ceiling. Uh, my son cried his head off when we tried this thing on the ceiling and it kept on falling on everybody's head. So this was absolutely like one of those things like just culturally, 
you know, when, it, when they say the toy's going to climb on the roof, this was too good to be true. It did not, not work at all. How many guys cell phones? This in my hands is a life-proof case. There's no longer a cell phone in it, right? I just brought the case because the case is broke. The cell phone was broke. This is like our third life-proof case. One of them dropped in the, uh, in the Lake Lanier area, and we never recovered it. So many guys, how many of you guys have a life-proof case? Yeah? How many of you guys have ever bought, uh, bought a phone, and it was said to you that it would be a free phone? Right? Free with what? A two-year contract, right? It's sometimes too good to be true. Uh, I was just thinking about this, this topic today. The topic of too good to be true, when we, uh, we kicked off our service, you heard Adam read uh, a, a passage, a scripture, that talked about just the fact that Jesus had come, and he predicted he was going to come to this earth, he predicted his death, predicted he would rise from the dead, and here we are, we're celebrating that on, on Easter morning. But when you read that, you think, okay, they went to the tomb, the tomb was empty, the, the stone was rolled back, he was not there, he'd risen from the dead. That's one of those things that I think if you've lived long enough, you've had enough experiences, some things just sound too good to be true. And for some of you today, let me just say, I know some of you, you got drug here because we got brisket afterwards. <laughs> I'm just positive. Or your wife offered you a free game of golf or going to let you off the hook from dishes. I don't know how you got here, but some of you, some of you got drug here today, and I get that. Um, that. That's probably a lot of you today that wrestle with this idea of this whole Jesus thing, this whole cross thing, this whole like you know, sinner thing, and am I good enough, am I in, am I out, that sometimes sounds like it's too good to be true. Let me just say, I don't know if you guys noticed this, there's a lot of people in the, in, the, in the audience today, but when you showed up, we had half the chairs, this was completely accidental, we rented the chairs today, they gave us half white chairs and half black chairs. So we thought if we just put the black chairs up front, we would get all the really jacked up people. So welcome all you guys like the first 10 rows, I'm glad you're here, all right? These are all the most jacked up people I know. I'm just, I'm serious, I'm, look, yeah, I'm looking at you and I know it to be true. So it just has something, this weird effect that like all the really nice, perfect people that never do wrong, they're all in the white chairs. It's just gravitational pull to dark and light. So, um, so let, me, let me read a verse to you that I think sometimes could be construed as maybe too good to be true. Here's a verse. Isaiah, this is like pre-Jesus. This is like, like a verse that would talk about the coming Jesus. Isaiah 25 says this, He will swallow up death forever. Like that sounds like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like one day, death will be not an issue for people. He will swallow up death forever. The Almighty Lord will wipe away every tear from every face. That's awesome. I applaud that. That sounds like, yeah, sign me up. I'd love to have some of that. Wipe away every tear. He will remove the disgrace of His people from the earth. The Lord has spoken. I mean, that's like one of those like, wow, that's a statement verse. That's a profound, big, broad, in your face. Either you say, yes, that's got to be true, or you say, because of my culture that I've grown up in, because I've had one too many life-proof cases, maybe that's one of those too-good-to-be-true type deals, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to illustrate this just for a moment, because we often wrestle with verses like, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him will not have perish, will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's one that I think, it's just, you just wrestle with it. It just almost sounds too good to be true. So let's just play this out for a moment. I need to 
get a volunteer. I need a kid volunteer. I need, I need some volunteers. Actually, I just need one volunteer. Um, hold up. I'm going to choose. I, I, I'm going to choose. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just dropped. Some. I'm going to choose. So I need, a, I need probably a preferably be a boy. All right. You right there. I know you. Come on up. This is Gates, actually. Gates, come on up. Gates Clanton. Ladies and gentlemen, give this guy a hand. Gates, you come up here, and I'm going to have you try to do something, Gates, that I don't know if you can do or not. How are you, buddy? Welcome. How are you, man? Good. What do you think about all these people? Mm. <laughs> Here he went, mmm. That's awesome. All right, Gates' parents are right over there. Gates, wave your mom and dad. Say, what's up? What's up? Yep, that's good. All right, here's what I want you to do. Gates, I've got all these cups. I'm going to slide them over here, and some of them are going to probably drop. But, Gates, I'm going to give you a, a, a it's going to be a little competition. I've got these cups, and what I want to see if you can do is, I want to see if you can build, just stack all these cups. Just stack them all up. And if you can stack all these cups up, I'm going to give you a gift. All right? You want to know what the gift is before, I, before you start? Well, it might motivate you more if you, if you tell. All right, let me just tell you. If you stack all these up, if you think real hard about how you could stack them and work really hard at it and go really fast while I'm talking, I'm going to give you $100. All right? Yeah, I know. I wish I was keeping it. All right? I borrowed it from someone before. Thanks for whoever gave me 100 bucks. Sweet deal. All right, so Gates, on my count, you just go, all right? You just on your mark, stack them however you want to. You guys cheer them on for just a moment. Come on, Gates. On your mark, get set, go. You just start doing that. All right, as he does that, Gates, you just, you're going to have to go a little bit quicker, buddy. All right, just, just as quick as you can. Here's, here's the tension. The tension is this whole idea with being something being too good to be true. When it comes to the idea of God's unconditional, what we think unconditional love, God's unconditional grace, in our human culture, there's a lot of tension with that, right? There's a lot of tension with thinking God could, give, God could just give me like his unconditional love. The reason we have a problem with that is because we're used to conditional love, right? How many of you guys got parents? All right, I know parents, if you're a parent, we'd like to think we're pretty close to loving our kids unconditionally. But if you ever had a dad, you ever had a mom, and they even like dropped a smile when you did something wrong, in that moment, you, you first understood as a child conditional love. All through our lifetimes, we, we, we're, we're accustomed to conditional love, conditional grace, conditional acceptance, and approval when it comes to like wanting your mom, your dad's approval. We just know that in our culture, that's just conditional. It's one of the things that we wrestle with, and I think that's probably this tension when we think about God's love. How you doing over there, bud? Are you doing, are you doing, are you, are you, are you make it work? Is it happening? Look, just, I mean, just come up with a strategy like, like, um, well, maybe, maybe lay across the front and block the wind and then just build it really fast. All right. Just go for it that way. All right. Gates is, give him a hand. Gates is trying really hard, right? He's going to try really hard to make this work. But see what happens is we, is we figure out this conditional thing, right? We understand, like, you know, once my parent, my dad got mad, and, you know, he, he told me to go, you know, work inside with the girls because I wasn't working hard enough outside, making a little confession here this morning. 
We understood conditional love, right? And what we have, what happens is it's this if then. If you do this, then you'll get this, right? Gates, if you build these cups, then I'm going to give you $100, right? That's what, that's what we do all the time. How many of you guys, that's, that's your parenting model. If you do good, then I'm going to give you something good. If, if you do bad, what happens? You're getting disciplined, right? We all know this. It's something we all know. It's, it's just built into our society. It's something we get. But that is the tension in this if-then system. The problem is if you can't figure it out, if you don't work hard enough, or if you work hard and all of a sudden, you know, the wind blows and knocks down your cups, over time, what most of us do, and I would even say here this morning, most of you tried God, or I would say you probably tried religion, or you tried church, and maybe the church was high on some of the, you know, some of the, I don't know, just some of the grayer areas, not like the most important stuff. And maybe you tried all of it over time, and you really gave it this, your best effort. But somehow, some of the things, you know, fell apart on you, and you felt unaccepted from the church. Or you felt like maybe God didn't accept you because you had so much baggage, so much junk, like all the people in the front ten rows, right? Maybe you just showed up this morning, you felt like, I got all this baggage. I tried the whole God thing before. And once you try it over and over for so many years, you feel like, I did good, I got a check by my name. But then you blew it over time, you just quit and gave up. So we live in this if-then society where over time we just end up kind of quitting because we know we're not going to be able to do it long term. All right, Gates, let me, let me ease your pain here, bro. Gates, because you're my buddy, and there's no way. This is like a, I got so many cups, no one's going to ever be able to do this in their lifetime, okay, with the win. And you've tried real hard. Give him a, give him a good hand, right? Gates, stand up, buddy. Just because you're my buddy, and we're making a point today, whether you can stack these or not, I'm going to give you 100 bucks. all right? Thank you. All right, there you go. 100 bucks on Easter. Come on. All right, your dad's pumped. He wanted a new set of golf clubs, but don't let him use this money, all right? This is for you. This is for you. All right, love you, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Give Gates a hand. All right. Let me say this. Every other world religion out there, listen to me. Every other world religion had a guy, right? Think about it. Every world religion had a guy who had a message, right? They had a guy. They had a message. They had a teaching. They all developed some sort of followership, right? They had a guy. had a teaching. They had some sort of, like, system of, like, you know, do this, act this way. And even, I would say, most of the world religions had a guy and even gave his life. There was a martyr in most cases, right? And here's what's crazy about this conversation. Every other world religion says you have to earn your way to heaven. All of them. Every other world religion who had a guy, had a message, had this, you know, teaching, their faith was always based on you being and working at being good enough to earn your way into this whole, whole God thing. But let me just say this. What separates Christianity in probably an amazing, magnificent kind of way is that Christianity says good people don't, have, don't, have, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. There's a huge difference when it comes to this if-then philosophy. Here's what's crazy. 
Because you and I grew up and we're growing up in this culture that's an if-then culture. I mean, I try so hard not to do that as a parent, but I still do that. It's hard to help my kids to really grapple with and believe that God's love, God's grace, this idea that he could predict his death and, and choose to count his death to make us right, take away the sins of the world, make us right with God, for God to choose to do that is crazy. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. But when I am an imperfect parent, my kids look at me and, and they think, well, my dad, you know, got mad at me when I did wrong. And we know that wrong's wrong and wrong's not good, right? But we get lost in this idea of grace and we miss the greatest thing with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Hang on, the wind's coming. Is this idea of you don't earn God's love. Grace, get this, grace isn't earned. Grace is offered. Grace is offered. That's like the greatest, greatest news you could ever want. So when you read a crazy verse like the one we read a minute ago that says that he will swallow up death forever. I mean, he will swallow up death forever. He'll wipe away every tear from every face. That's everybody. All tears. And he'll remove the disgrace of the people. That would be like the whole sin piece. Do you realize with God, with Jesus Christ, with this idea of anyone who puts their faith and hope in the grace that Jesus would give us, that solves the world's biggest problems. Wipe every tear. What's that? That's, that's pain and sorrow, right? Wipe away all the dis- disgrace. That's sin, right? Started back with those people we call Adam and Eve. So because Jesus came, and we believe that millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of churches and people are still gathering across the globe today saying, man, we're in. Anybody who would predict his death, come and die, get dead, and come back from the life, I'm in, right? I'll wear the beads, do the dance, whatever. I mean, if I can have all pain taken away, have the issue with death be gone, I'm in. So here's the thing. When it comes to this conversation, we look at it a lot like, like this. How many of you guys have ever been to, uh, been to Chuck E. Cheese before? Huh? How many of you guys know what these are? Last week, last week, it's been a long time. My kids are a little bit older now. My youngest is nine. Last week, I went to Chuck E. Cheese, and I got a high, like, like something came out of me that used to come out years ago when I was first a young, young dad. We'd show, with my ki- show up with my kids, and it was like an all-out race to win the tickets, right? And I'm, I'm way too old for this, but I really, really enjoyed my time at Chuck E. Cheese this last week. We went from game to game to game to game, and, it's, and, mo- and some of these, you just put quarters in it, just, you know, or tokens in it, and it just spits out like more tokens. You win more tokens, you put them in, you win more tickets, right? So we ran around, we ran around, and we won a boatload of tickets, I mean, we won a bunch of tickets. And I saw, listen, I was a little embarrassed for one dad. He was really serious. I was a little concerned for this one guy. He had, he had twice as many tickets as this. And he sat down and spent 30 or 40 minutes putting them into the ticket counter where you get to slip. And I think it came out like 1,200 tickets. We followed this guy up with our like 300 tickets. And you know what he got? A pencil. Yeah. 
a pencil with this awesome cool eraser on it. See, the deal with, the deal with most of us, whether you're a Christ follower, a Christian, and you believe in Jesus and you've received his grace, or whether you haven't crossed over that line of faith, maybe you've never believed in Jesus, because you've always looked at Christians that all they're trying to do is accumulate all this good stuff, and sometimes they shove it in my face. Sometimes they say, look, you're not as good as me. Look how many I've earned. And so what happens to us, whether you're Christian or not Christian, we end up thinking, whoa, oh my gosh. Y'all pray for me back there, okay? At least the people in the white church, you know how to pray, okay? Here's what happens to us. Here's what happens to us. We end up, we end up with God developing this if-then relationship. I love Jesus. My sins have been forgiven. Man, he has really done some amazing things in my life. I know I have salvation and eternity with God forever in heaven. I know that. And it feels good. It gives me so much peace knowing, man, this earth is not the end. We've got a whole lot more beyond this. Well, what happens to us, because we live in an if-then society, it's just woven in us because we're, we are jacked up, we end up working for this. We end up saying, if I just get a few more of these things, if I do a few more good things, and if I, can, if I can outweigh the bad with the good, then I can tip the scale so much so that God will look at me and say, you're in, you're out. But let me tell you the most amazing thing with God's grace. Grace is not earned, it's offered. God's not into tickets. God's not into tickets. Scripture says that our best, our best is not good enough. It doesn't matter how good I think I could ever become. When I look at my life against the holy God and not judge myself against you guys, especially the people in the front, I recognize I'm never going to have enough tickets. There's no amount of how good I can be for me to be good enough to earn God's love. The greatest news ever is God is not in the tickets. He's not adding up how good you are. He's in the grace. And grace from God is given no matter what. Let me read you this awesome verse, and I'm going to close in just a second. Ephesians 2.4, this is in your notes if you want to see this in print. Ephesians 2 says this, but God is so rich in mercy. Mercy is very similar to grace. It would, it would tell us and depict to us that there's a loving God who is rich, like he's got a lot of it. He's got so much of it. In scripture it says, his mercy is rich and he loved us so much that even though, this is what's crazy, this is what sounds too good to be true. Even though we were dead in our sins, or because of our sins, what does it say there? He gave us. It didn't say we earned anything. You see, here's what's cool. Jesus, say with me, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Because of the cross, I don't have to be good enough any longer. And can I just tell you, for most of my younger years, and I would say for half of my adult life, I would either lopside back and forth. When I blew it, I would shame myself to death. I'm such an idiot. I've told my wife I was going to straighten up 
act a little better, work a little harder, spend more time putting the kids to bed at night, you know, lay on the bed less, uh, leave the, the TV clicker alone a little bit more. But every time I tried, I'm just telling you, I would not have enough to be that good. So this is wonderful news that even though we were dead because of our sin, he gave us life. I couldn't earn it. I didn't earn it. The guys are coming up. We're going to finish up. But get this. Listen to this. This is powerful. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. See, what makes Easter so awesome and cool is prior to Easter, that was the deal. You had to earn your way to God. You had to do whatever it took to make yourself right with God. Jesus or God looked down from from heaven and said, hey, we've got to change this. They're never going to be that good. They're never going to meet my perfection. So he said, I'm going to send my son, and we're going to do this. He's going to give his life, and because of his life, because of his death, I'm going to give them grace. And when they fail and when they fall, they're going to recognize when I continue to love them, when I continue to forgive them, they're going to understand what grace is. Grace is not an if-then. Grace is not earned. Grace is offered. Say that with me. Grace is not earned. Grace is offered. Grace is not earned. It's offered. He offers us grace. And can I just say today, you're an Easter crowd. You're, you're an Easter crowd. Every preacher in the world knows that this is a Super Bowl of all Sundays. The reason we don't have enough chairs today is I bet that some of you came today thinking, I lost my tickets, thinking you would get a ticket either with your wife, and that's good, right? That kept you out of the doghouse, some of you guys. That may pay dividends a little bit later. We got kids in the audience, all right? But here's, here's what I'm saying. Some of you came today, and you know you're not forgiven, or you tried that whole religious deal, and somebody dissed you, or someone said you're not accepted, or you just wanted God's approval, and when you thought it was this if-then deal, and you figured out you weren't that good, you quit. But some of you came today, and you said, if I show up today, maybe I'll get a little, a little bit more God's approval. Or maybe if I show up today, maybe, maybe, there is, maybe I'll get in heaven. The rest of this verse says this. God saved you by grace. He saved you by grace when you believed. When you believed. And you, take, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift. It's a gift of God. Easter is not a message about being good. Easter. This outdoor wonderful festivity today, it isn't about being good. It's about being forgiven. It's about being forgiven. And I thank God that he does that. I thank God he forgives. If you've ever been made to feel like you can't earn your way to God, if you've ever been made to feel like the church just somehow didn't accept you, that's not how God, it's not how salvation That's not how grace works. It's not how it works. Listen to this song.
is I open up with you. Can I just tell you, for most of my life, I finally figured out what I had wasn't enough. I really did. As a pastor right now, I'm like, that's never been more true. We wanted to pull off this great Easter experience, and like 10 minutes before you got here, we had no sound. (laughs) We had to go out and get like parts and equipment from other places, and I was stressed out. And I'm like, this is a perfect, perfect grand understanding that none of us, we all run, we all get to a place of utter deficiency in our life where you figure out whether you're an army guy, whether you're a marine, whether you're business, whether you're a mom, we figure out that whatever I bring to the table isn't good enough to do anything to win God's love. What's grace, this is what grace is. Grace is God's unmerited love. No matter what, He loves us. So when I blow it, and I still do, when I blow it, I don't shame myself any longer. I don't shame myself. I don't, I don't lean over and just go, man, God, I've tried and I've tried and now you must hate me. That's a false, wrong view of our Savior. How could a God give us his only baby son? I mean, we got a lot of kids here today. I wouldn't sacrifice, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I would not sacrifice my son for any of you. I wouldn't do it. I would fight for everything that's in me to take care of my family, wouldn't you? There's a lot of big, tough guys out here today. And I guarantee you, if I went and tried to grab your wife, you'd beat, you'd beat me up pretty good, right? You would. At least I think I'd try to give you a run. But, <laughs> but can I say this? Some of you guys today, you showed up thinking, I'll get some benefit out of this by showing up. Here's what I want you to do. If you can hear my voice, if you can find the yellow ticket that you were given, everybody grab that yellow ticket for me. Just grab it. We're going to close with this ticket. I'd like to do something sort of symbolically here just for a moment. This helps me to visualize what it would be like if a whole crowd of people today could walk away saying, no longer will I try to just muster up strategy or just willpower or just gumption whatever else you want to call it to earn something that's already offered to you you can't do it I want everyone to take that ticket and just hold it up the air hold it up in the air and if this is where you're at today if you're one of those guys that your wife drug you kicking and screaming If you came today and I tell you what, I got a hundred phone calls. I'm not lying. I got a hundred phone calls this last week for somebody who invited you and prayed for you and said, I got a friend coming. Keep him up. I know it's it's heavy. It's a heavy ticket. I know. Someone prayed for you and said, I got a friend coming. She was molested. I got a friend coming who's just gone through a nasty divorce and she thinks because she had something to do with it, God does not love her any longer. Some of you came today thinking, I've been in the doghouse for so many weeks with my spouse, and I just blew it again. Can I tell you, God is not measuring your good. Your good's just not good enough. But praise God, he sent Jesus to offer us forgiveness forever, once and for all. That was a pretty pathetic, painful, 
terrible sacrificial death. And it was intended to pay for the sins of the world. That's yours and mine. He came knowing we were sinful. He knew all the people in the jacked up front row were going to be here this morning. 2,000 years ago. He said, this is going to count for them. What I want to do today is if this is where you're at, if you're on this side of the cross and you've never placed your belief in Jesus, it doesn't say place your best efforts. It says, if you will believe in him. Let me read the verse to you. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, you will be saved. Today, some of you need to tear that card up and you just say, I'm not doing this thing any longer. I'm not going to run this sick, demented race of if-then gospel. I'm not going to try to earn God's love any longer. I'm going to tear this ticket up. I'm going to throw it on the ground. We'll clean it up later. But maybe you're the guy here today that says, you know what? I need God's grace. I'm a screw-up. I've blown it. And I want Jesus to save me today. I need his forgiveness. I tried religion 20 years ago. We got kids. We're here today. Oh, my gosh. What do we do now that I'm a dad? You got some, you got some kids that need a daddy that will lead them towards Jesus today. You do. We got, we got some men and women here today that it's not by accident that you're here. God has you here today for you to finally find his love and grace. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And for those of you that are here today, that you're already a Christian, you're like me, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus saved me, but I still shame myself. I want you to remember, you don't have to earn his love any longer. Don't do it. He loves you already. And if you're the guy or the girl, the child here today that says, you know what? This service, man, it just hit me right between the heart, right between the eyes. And today, I recognize God loves me no matter what I've done. You're not that bad. You're not that jacked up. You're not that far from God. He reached down from heaven by way of his son and said, I want you. You're my son. I want you to be in the family. Step inside the circle today. Simply confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Here's how we say it around here. If you want Jesus to be your savior today, we simply say, God, I want you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Amen. Scripture says if you believe that in your heart, you say that, however you do it to God, you're saved. Bow your head and pray with me right now. God, in this moment, in this moment before we dismiss and have a whole lot of fun and we go my church crazy style, I pray for the man, I pray for the woman right now who came today. They didn't have a clue why they came, but we had a clue because you've been working. You've set this up today for somebody or maybe many that would give their life to you today and say, Jesus, I need you. Here's what I want to do without, without anyone looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would just look at me right now and say, I need grace? Just look at me. All of the, I won't call you out. Look at me. Just look at me. I won't call you out. We're not, there's no come forward. There's no embarrassment in this. Just look at me. Look at me. I'm looking at eyes. 50. A bunch of, every, a lot of eyes on me right now. Look at me. If you need Jesus' grace, if you try to do the religious deal, if you try to earn it, 
And today, you want Jesus to save you, to give you grace. I want you to pray with me right now. Right now, bow your head. Let's pray. Jesus, would you today come in my life and be the leader and forgiver? I'm not going to try to earn it. I've done that. It doesn't work. God, clean this mess up. Come into my life. Save me. Today, God, as you reach towards me, I reach towards you. And I say, today I'm making you the leader and forgiver of my life. That's it. That's it. You're saved. You're saved by his grace. It can never be taken from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Here's what I want to do. Hold the tickets up. If you're like me, and you've struggled with this shame and guilt, and I'm good, I'm feeling good right now, but now I'm not, and I'm like, gosh, I'm a loser. That's not salvation. That's not grace. That's not the gospel of Jesus. In this last song, I want you to just rip that ticket up and say, no more, no more. I'm saved by God's grace, not by my, my efforts, not by my good works. I'm done with this. Here's what I want to do. My wife's going to come up. We're going to close. Do me a favor. If today you made Jesus leader and forgive your life, on your way out, there's a tent. I've got this awesome, cool book. It sounds like it's written by our church. It's not. I'm not a writer. I'm not very good at any of that. But it has our mission statement, helping people find their way back to God. If you're new today and you ask Christ to be your Savior, I want you to have a book. It's, it's literally this big, 20 pages. You can read it on the golf cart ride back out but it will help you find your way back to God. I want it to be your gift. Would you take your communication card over by that tent on your way out? No questions asked. I want to give you this book. Thank you for coming today. Christy. Oh, we're singing a song.